Welcome to Mix Understood, where we explore identity, the meaning of the word race, and talk about the multicultural and multiracial experience with stories from our own lives. I'm Amy. And I'm Hannah Lee. And in today's episode, we are going to be sharing our stories to do with being mixed and celebrating the holidays. Next week is our season finale. What? (laughs) We'll be wrapping up, excuse the pun, this first season and we'll be sharing holiday stories from you, our wonderful listeners. If you haven't already left us a voice memo or sent us an email and you would like to be a part of this, it's not too late. It's not. Just stick around until the end of this episode for details about how to do this independent adult living wherever you live but then as soon as you come home for the holidays you revert back to this other person that you were and suddenly you're fighting with your sister again and you're he's been also trying to teach me the prayer that goes with lighting the candle i learned some of it yesterday but all i can remember is the word adonai that's god good one to know (laughs) out of all the prayer Before we dive into the episode, it's important to say that we are here to offer up stories, ideas, and research for you to consider and decide for yourself in light of your own knowledge and experience. We hope to explore, learn, and grow together with you. We're not professing to have the answers. Our aim is to start conversations around these topics. So generally the holidays or festivals and for me personally Christmas which we know is coming up around the corner um, because I I know not everybody celebrates Christmas these can be stresses I guess as much as you know they're they're absolutely wonderful and so fun and you know being mixed or being in a mixed relationship it can be such a time of rich culture coming together and learning about each other's cultures and maybe uh, maybe taking bits of each person you know to create your own Christmas day for example but you know as much as it's amazing and it's a time of like joy it can also be stressful I think when you're mixed or if you're in a mixed relationship and I just want to go through a couple of examples this is just from talking to people and just doing a little bit of research and you know maybe some of my own experiences too but just briefly some people that still do have prejudiced attitudes around interfaith relationships or marriages or what have you and so maybe being with those extended family members during the holidays can be a bit worrisome or a time for just a little bit of stress Or maybe you're with your partner's family and you don't speak their language, so you're unable to really converse. And you, you, I don't know, you might feel a bit like isolated. Um, Or maybe you're the only person of that race in the room and it's obvious to you. I'm not sure. I'm just trying to throw out a few things that could possibly happen. Anyway, let's dive into our own mixed holiday stories. Hanali, what is Christmas like for you? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, yes. I feel like I could do a, a dissertation on <laughs> what Christmas <laughs> is like for me. But um, 
the bottom line is I love Christmas and Christmas is a really big deal for my family. Over the years, it's gotten a little bit out of hand and, and some years it turned into a three-day festival and we just would go all out. Not as all out as I see some Christmas decorations here in the States. You know, you see those. Gosh, it's something else. As is Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. But Christmas, sometimes you see, there's this one house in my neighborhood. They have like huge blow-up dolls of different like snowmen and Santas. I'm talking like like maybe maybe 20 massive blow-up dolls on their front lawn, which I kind of got to love. I got to be like, man, that's commitment right there. <laughs> yeah, they're doing Christmas, aren't they? That family. They're all in. Um, so not at that level, but we have our own. So, okay, first of all, growing up, there was no Christmas in Israel where I grew up. There was a little bit of it, but often Christmas overlaps with Hanukkah, Hanukkah. And so you'll see lights and colors kind of blue and and you'll hear Hanukkah songs in the stores, but no Christmas. Now it's changing. Now I'm starting to see when I go back, I'm seeing more Christmas trees and it's kind of almost like trendy to have Christmas there. Um, but growing up, the only place I saw Christmas was in my house um, or if we went to Bethlehem where... They say Jesus was born. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. <laughs> exactly. So I feel even though we didn't have all the glitz and the glam of Christmas, in a way, growing up in a Christian household, it was like, what more would you want than to be able to go to Bethlehem? Or, you know, yeah. like that's like what I think Christians all over the world would want to do at Christmas. So we were privileged in that way. But... When I was little, of course, I wanted the glitz and the glam. I wanted to be in the States or in Europe where everything is just lit up and romantic and, and beautiful. And there's just Christmas in every windowsill. And and I think now that I've been living in the States, like I know they play those Christmas mm. songs on repeat in a lot of mm. places. But I you're rolling your eyes. But I love it. I think because I was a little deprived of it growing up, like you couldn't buy candy canes. Till this day, when I go home, I bring candy canes with me. We bring the poppers. We bring the candy canes. We bring all these things from overseas because you can't really find them. Again, now it's changing and you're starting to, to find some stuff. But they are selling candy canes there now, but they're not white and red. They're kind of like burgundy <laughs> and cream. <laughs> but yeah, there's so much to say about it. Um, just a few general stuff like... First of all, there was a lot of curiosity on our neighbors' parts and, and at school. Again, I was like the only sort of Christian girl in, in the school that was primarily Jewish. But there was a lot of curiosity around Christmas for them. So my mom arranged with the teachers that during Christmas, my class would come to our house and she would have Bert, which was like our adopted uncle, and we would throw him into a Santa's outfit and my class would come over and he would come out of my parents' bedroom and he would say, ho, 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 chag sameach lekulam, which is happy holidays to everyone in, in Hebrew. And um, the kids loved it. And then he would 
sit there by the tree and he would give to every kid wow. a little chocolate, like a Santa chocolate that we had gotten from some friend from overseas. And then my mom would get up and she would tell them the story of Christmas. And yeah, it felt really special. And we, she would do that for all five of us kids. And I remember one year I was about 10 or maybe 12. You know how it gets so hectic before Christmas Day and you know, everyone's doing the headless chicken run. And I happen to be home and Mari, my younger sister, opens the door and she's there with her entire class. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, my mom's not home. And so I was like, okay, Bert, <laughs> who happened to be there, I was like, Bert, get into the get into the Santa outfit now. <laughs> Sent him to the room. And then my mom had this like big red robe that I loved. It was super cozy robe that actually I have now in LA here. And I got into the robe. I put a Santa hat on. I put red <laughs> lipstick on. And I transformed into Mrs. Santa Claus. And I came out and I just put on this whole show and totally, you know. Basically, you were improvising from a young age. Yeah, I was able to take all the bits that my mom had shared over the years and suddenly it was on and spotlight on me. And I was like, I need to deliver. This is for my younger sister. I was very protective of her. And I am going to give them the best Mrs. Santa Claus yeah. performance ever. And I, all these details about Christmas were coming out. And, and then we did the gifts and then they all went back to school. And my mom came home later. Actually, Pammy, Bert's wife, she came in at one point and she was kind of like blown away by what was happening. And she took a photo of, of Bert and I, who has since passed away. And that's still one of my favorite photos of me and him, Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus. And and I do think that was the day an actress was born. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so cute and so lovely and just shows how much you love your sister that you were like, I'm not prepared in the slightest, but I'm just going to go to town with this. And I can just imagine you, little Hannah Lee, doing that. <laughs> I love my sister and I love the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Equally. Just give me an audience. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that picture. Yeah, maybe we'll. I'll show it to you. We could post it too. Yeah. Another memory I have is, again, there was curiosity from our neighbors and the environment. And one year, I think one of the news channels wanted to do a story about our family. And so I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be on TV. I was really excited. I invited <sighs> my best friend over. The only catch was that they were going to come on Christmas Day, but they were going to come at 6 a.m. Wait, I mean, you had a news channel come into your, <laughs> into your house to cover what you did on Christmas Day. Yeah, well, just to do like a short kind of story yeah. about us. And my mom, that was my research for this episode. I called my mom and I was like, I'm forgetting some stuff. Can you remind me some Christmas stuff? And she reminded me of this story. And she said, you kids were so miserable. You were so tired. Like the last what, thing. Because it was 6 a.m. Yeah, the last thing you wanted to do on Christmas morning was get up at 6 a.m. Like that's the one day of the year where you like sleep in and it's cozy and, you, you know. <laughs> Um, but we woke up, so we were all standing by the tree with these, like, groggy faces. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
most of the year I felt like, oh, I don't 100% fit in and I'm, you know, I'm not doing what all my friends in school usually do. But then Christmas was kind of like our time to shine. It was it was a confidence boost for me as a kid to be able to share that holiday. And we used to put a, yeah. a sign up on the we lived in an eight story building, but we always put a sign up down in the lobby where we invite everyone in the building if they want to stop by and they want to see the tree because all of them want to come and bring their grandkids and friends and take a picture by the tree. It was like, it's a really big deal till this day. They just love the tree and we love the tree too. We take our tree decorating very seriously. It's a whole ceremony in my family. When I was growing up, it was hard to find Christmas tree decorations in Israel There would be maybe like, there was only like one store with Christmas decorations in East Jerusalem, and that was it. And the rest you kind of had to get from friends or, you know, overseas stuff. So over the years, my mom collected all these Christmas decorations from around the world. And all five of us kids would be there. First of all, it's not like here in the States or in Europe where you can just go and buy a Christmas tree. You can't. There's no... There's no Christmas tree markets, Mm. but there happened to be um, one place where you could get the tree. It was called the Jewish National Fund, and they would allocate like, I don't know, maybe 50 trees a year to give to the Christian community, like real trees that they would cut and you could buy one. And so we would go, first of all, every year to there, and you had to get there early because the trees... They weren't these, like, perfect Christmas trees that you see here, like perfect shape and really full branches. Sparse. Yeah, they were sparse or, like, they were really heavy on one side. And then, like, so every year the joke was, like, what kind of a tree are we going to get this year, you know? And uh, they had a lot of character and personality. And uh, so we'd bring it home. And then we would have, like, the decorating of the tree. We put on Christmas music. We make Milo, which is an Australian kind of a hot chocolate drink. Yeah, we talked about that. I love that. Mm. And then we put like Mariah Carey or Celine Dion or like Mm -hmm. a compilation. And then we all dance and sing and we put on the decorations. And we're very sentimental about some of these decorations because we've had them for since we were babies, essentially. And some years it's like super fun and other years it feels like a chore. It's like, can we just... Just get it done. Can we just decorate the tree? Like... Can just two out of the five kids do it? Do we all have to be there, you know? Yeah, I think that's been the tricky thing over the years is to balance the priority of just being together and spending that time together and all these traditions and obligations, you know, and how do you navigate that and remember, keep coming back to, like, what is this really about? Is it about us having this time together as a family or is it about all of the things we need to do to check mark and say, like, mm-hmm. we fulfilled because it's Christmas or because it's a holiday. Um, you know, and there's a range in my family. We're five kids. There's a range of how each of us wants to do Christmas. I haven't missed one Christmas since I left home over 20 mm-hmm. years ago. I travel back every year, no matter what's mm-hmm. going on in my life. You know, and my siblings have traveled back home from Australia and and England and it's been challenging sometimes as we get older and we become our independent selves to keep coming back home and and doing Christmas 
the same way. So it, we've had to learn that it, it needs to evolve and that maybe this was like one tradition that was really, really fun when we were younger. But like now that we're all adults, do we still all want to do it or do some of us only want to do it or, you know, um, the trend lately has been we need to do it smaller because it, it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we were just like utterly exhausted by the time Christmas was over. And we felt like we didn't have time to just have a, you know, mm -hmm. a chill Christmas together. And so lately we've been kind of some of us have been pushing more for like mm -hmm. less is more, less is more. <laughs> what about you? So Christmas for me, I always used to get so excited when you said that you had to wake up at 6am for the news people to come over to your house. I would have been up any <laughs> anyway, even if the news people weren't coming over to, to film in my house. Do you do stockings? We do. So at the end of the <laughs> at the end of your bed, there'll be a stocking in the morning. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's really sad that my mum still does stockings for us. She doesn't put them at the end of our beds, but there'll be like a stocking downstairs for us. <laughs> Aww. I know. Um, yes, I'm a baby. So I, I just remember, I remember n number one, when I was very young, thinking Santa Claus was real and just putting out sherry and putting out carrots and you know, just being just being just so excited that he was going to come down the chimney and there was going to be a stocking at the end of my bed. And then even when I found out that Santa wasn't real, I'm really sorry if there's any small kids listening to this. I don't think there's small no. kids listening to this. Even when I found... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a five-year-old, like, actually, he's subscribed to our podcast? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Excuse me. So even when I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real, I was still excited to get stocking. Can I just interject here and be like, uh, you had a chimney? Yeah, we have. See, yeah. there's no chimneys in Israel. Oh, my God. We have I mean, a maybe there's a few, but it's all buildings. <laughs> well, not, not every house has a chimney. It's only old houses, which both of my parents have because, I mean, they're, they're divorced, but they live in similar style houses. Um, yeah, I was just basically so excited about Christmas. And my mum, she's Indian, but she would always get involved. It was never like she wouldn't get involved because she was Sikh. She was all about Christmas. All of my Indian family, are they all celebrate Christmas. But when my parents divorced, it was really difficult because they didn't speak. And so it was up to me being like, 11 to decide who I was going to spend Christmas with oh. and then there was my brother obviously involved as well and he lived with my dad I lived with my mum and it was really hard to negotiate that and so for me Christmas is always twinged with not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings and wanting to make sure that everybody is happy and there has been it has been emotional there have been tears at Christmas and someone's been lonely and I've felt guilt. Yeah. And I have this fantasy now that, you know, I'm married and obviously have a child and I, I, I want to have a massive Christmas where everyone's there and like your Christmas sounds so fun to me. Everybody decorating the tree, a three day long Christmas, like so much fun and 
coziness in the house and everybody there just like music and the details of Christmas sounds really fun um, and I hope to do that one day. It does sound dreamy but I I will say every Christmas there's at least one big explosion. I think that's I, mean, I think everyone I know is like oh yeah Christmas like there's that one moment where just there's a big fight that breaks out over yeah. Sometimes something really stupid. Mm. Um, yeah, we don't we don't get through Christmas unscathed. I'll <laughs> tell you that, you know. And it's a very emotional time too because it it's it's at the end of the year and you're kind of tired, measuring yourself up. Like, who am I? What am I doing? What have I done? Where am I going? Yeah, and I think you're also exhausted, just mentally. Yeah, you're exhausted. There's always so many events happening towards the end of the year. and Yeah, and there's everyone... this pressure to like, you all have to be together and let's have fun. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I've had years where I was like really heartbroken. I was coming home heartbroken oh, after God, a big breakup. Too. And just the last thing I wanted to do was like walk around and smile and entertain and have all the neighbors come over and like I didn't want to talk to anyone I didn't want to decorate the tree or whatever it was um and then it's going to be two years this Christmas which is crazy but my dad uh passed away in 2021 Christmas 2021 just a week before Christmas and that really um that was hard. You know, all of our Israeli friends kept saying, but isn't it beautiful that you all happened to be home um, together when you got the news? My dad was actually in Japan when he died. Mm -hmm. um, but the rest of us were together in Israel. And there was something about it that we were, we could all be together and get through it together. But uh that was a really rough Christmas. And then the year after that, which was last year, we finally were able to have um, a funeral and bring my dad from Japan to Israel and, and say goodbye. And we did it again during Christmas. I'm getting emotional now. And that's like an example of how you just have to... Yeah. You have to let go of what you think Christmas is supposed to be and be present and let it evolve. And that year we had a beautiful time, just us, the family, and we did a beautiful ceremony honoring yeah. our dad. And um, and it was a beautiful Christmas. And this year I'm going back to a war zone. It's been yeah. very, very difficult the past few months just reading the news daily and Worrying and just being utterly heartbroken from the situation and crying and praying mm. for for everyone, for everyone, oh, yes. um, my family and friends in Israel. And for the hostages, mm -hmm. there's still 138 hostages. And of course, for the innocent civilians in Gaza, it's been just so heartbreaking to see all the loss of life and families being ruined forever. And I, I know that I'm extremely privileged yeah. that I can go back to my family. I don't know what Christmas is going to look like in our household this year. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know if we'll have a tree. I don't know if we'll have a big meal because it just feels like a time of mourning. But for me, the most important thing is to see my family, to give each one of them a yeah. big hug and for us to be together. So I'm just saying that off of the, totally. it does look, and, and it has been very special and magical, but it's not all just that. It's always a, it's always overwhelming. It's a combination of so mm -hmm. many things. And it's hard for me again as a, and for you, I'm sure. Yeah, it's like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. When you live so far away from home and you come back each year and you see how things have changed you know, and you see how you've changed. Every year I come back and I'm more American and I sound more American, I act more American, I think more American. Mm -hmm. And then I have to kind of look in the mirror when I come home and, and it's very difficult to process. And sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's like, whoa, I, I, I don't, who is this person? And then I have to navigate also what happens to me when I come home is the first few days I'm like in shock. I'm in culture shock. I don't know who I am or how I relate to my childhood home and, and the country that I grew up in. And then I get so seeped in it that I become Israeli again and I become that my mom's mm -hmm. daughter. I become the kid again. They say that a lot of people kind of revert into their childhood roles in a family and then it's really difficult to navigate that because you're like this adult, you're in this independent adult living wherever you live. But then as soon as you come home for the holidays, you revert back to this other mm -hmm. person that you were and suddenly you're fighting with your sister again and you're, it's very confusing. And I yeah, know. there's always like this kind of grief that I go through of letting go mm. of oh, the yeah. home that I grew up in. As I know it, because every time I come back, it's changed. It's, mm -hmm. you know, the neighborhood's changing. There's new buildings. There's new, the coffee shop that I, you know, is closed down. The people passed away. Like, it's a lot to kind of take in in, in a two-week visit. But then back to what I was saying is, like, I become, like, this Hana from Israel again. And then when I go back to the States, I'm always... The flip of it happens. I'm in culture shock again. I'm confused. I'm like, who am I? Do I fit into this country? Everything is so different. And the way people communicate is so different between mm -hmm. Israel and the U.S. And and also another thing that happens when I, because I usually go home once a year and it's at Christmas. And it's really hard to come to terms with the fact that I'm living the bulk of my life away from the people I love the most. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm missing out on so much. And they're missing out on so much of my life. And every year it comes to a head and I ask myself again, is it worth living so far away? Mm. And oh, yeah. the answer is my parents have always encouraged me to follow my heart and follow my dreams and let them take me where they take me. And they did that. They left Australia and Japan and they followed their hearts. And so they've never gotten in the way of me first moving to New York and then moving farther away to L.A. But there is a price. And there definitely is. 
I become very aware of that price when I'm home for the holidays. Yeah. I'm so glad you articulated that very thing because everything that you're saying, I completely and utterly resonate with. Like going back to my 14-year-old self suddenly, even though I have a husband and a child as well. (laughs) You know, and then I find what, what often happens to me is that when I see my family, I start crying because... I realize how much I've missed them. Yeah. And I've carried that around with me without even really thinking about it going on my my daily life. But I mean, it just happened this morning when, when I spoke to my brother and on FaceTime. We hadn't spoken to each other for ages and he saw Aurora and he saw how much she'd grown. And oh, my God, it was so cute because, you know, he just he's like a 38 year old man. But he he started crying because he realized how much he missed us and missed her and I'm gonna see him in two weeks it's like it's all good but it's just when when I see them it all comes up yeah yeah and then it's really hard to leave (laughs) yeah that's another thing when you're an immigrant or you're living this like multicultural life there's some logistic issues like Mm. Um, my husband, Matthias, being Swiss, you know, he likes to go home to Switzerland. And as a couple, we can't afford to both go to Israel and then both go to Switzerland. Yeah. Um, so as much as I, I would love to. And also, of course, balancing a career and trying to not be away for too long. And so, so far since we've been married... I've been always prioritizing going to Israel. And then if I can add on another like short Swiss leg, I will, if it's been like a good year. And he usually goes to Switzerland and doesn't come with me to Israel. So we actually rarely spend the holidays together. Another thing that's been a challenge coming from two different cultures and living in a third one, the States, is we both have very different ideas of of Christmas and holiday. Like his family did growing up, Christmas was like very gentle and quiet and calm. They would put real candles on the Christmas tree and they would have beautiful choral music on Christmas Eve. And it was just like this still, Mm. it was like silent night Mm. kind of a Christmas. And they would, I think they would open their gifts on Christmas Eve and that was it. That was kind of their Christmas. And it was one gift and it was just a very simple, humble Christmas for us like growing up you know we didn't really have a lot of money let's Mm. say we were poor (laughs) and Christmas was a time where the gifts were like essentials like that you needed socks underwear school um, backpack like new pants that you needed you know Um, so I was always heavily relying on the Christmas gifts to like you know get me all of the things I needed to remain semi-cool in school (laughs) so I have a little bit of a thing around the gifts and and it's stuck around like over the years we we keep getting each other a lot of gifts and so there's a debate between my husband and I of I want a big Christmas he doesn't want to do a big Christmas Mm. the first time he actually came to Israel for Christmas he was terrified (laughs) he was like so nervous he What's also big production gonna be yeah, yeah he was just like really nervous that there would be a lot of pressure on him to kind of be jolly jolly christmas and mm-hmm. that that's not him and he didn't want to be 
you know, fake. And and like you were saying earlier, and like not speaking the language, she doesn't speak Hebrew. And it it was, and I was so stressed when he came that first Christmas because I wanted him to have a good time and yeah. feel welcomed. And yeah. I was nervous about like, yeah, integrating him into my family and my more specifically Christmas family. I won't go into details, but Matthias had something really tragic happen to him on Christmas Day. And that has also painted his experience of Christmas. And yeah, it's it's um, it's been interesting to navigate that as a couple coming from different places and and also having different upbringings. I think over time we've learned how to respect each other's uh, different Christmas ideas. Mm -hmm. And I'm nervous about what happens if we end up having a kid and and what that is going to look like and will we be able to travel as a family and what will it be for the kid? Will the kid come with me one year or go to Switzerland? I don't know how that's going to look, but I guess you just take one Christmas at a time. Well, exactly. It's funny, isn't it? Because Christmas, it's it's one day out of the whole year, but there's so much that goes into it. There's so much planning and traveling and arrangements and yeah, even though it is that one day, it just does bring up a lot. Yeah. How is it like for you and Ethan? Did you, you did Christmas here, right? Last year. Yeah, last year I had just had a baby. So I was on another planet. (laughs) (laughs) I really was. Aurora was one month old and we decided to go up to his mum and stepdad's house. They live near Yosemite. They had this gorgeous house that they that they built in the middle of the forest it's very very remote I mean it's just such a fairy tale grandparents house to go to and they have like you know wood fire and stuff and all the Christmas decorations up they're Mormon they very much celebrate Christmas so that's what I was doing last year I was learning how to be a mum and basically breastfeeding what seemed like constantly and we had had the roast dinner the day before I think so everything was all a bit sort of topsy-turvy up in the air. I don't really know what was going on, just complete blur. But I remember on Christmas Day, the sun was shining. We sat outside and I ate macaroni cheese <laughs> with a baby in my arms. And I was like, oh, what is going on? <laughs> you know, I'm used to being in England where it's bitterly cold. It's dark outside. There's no way you'd sit outside. <laughs> with this big fat dinner um without a baby so yeah it was it was very um strange but also so amazing different. yeah it's just so different this year we're actually going back to the UK and I'm really excited to show Ethan everything lit up and like you were saying all the stuff in in the Christmas stores and the carols playing and but I know that once January hits, I'm like, oh, God, don't play another carol. So annoying. Like, let's just <laughs> <laughs> let's just all move on from Christmas. But right now, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. So since Ethan is Jewish, I've also been learning about the Jewish festivals and we are also going to be celebrating Hanukkah and buying a menorah um, and lighting it. And Ethan was, Ethan's been sharing with me how his childhood was that they celebrated Christmas and they also celebrated Hanukkah. And apparently every day he got a massive present 
Because it, isn't it seven days? Eight days. Oh, it's eight days. Sorry. Eight days. He's been also trying to teach me the um, the prayer that goes with lighting the candle. Uh-huh. I learned some of it yesterday, but all I can remember is the word Adonai. Uh, that's God. God. <laughs> Good one to know. <laughs> Out of all the prayer. <laughs> be like, I know this one. Yep. Adonai. Um I, we, of course, we, we always have a, a Hanukkah, you call it, during Hanukkah. The, What's the, that? A small Hanukkah? That's the, that's the menorah in the window. Mm-hmm. It's beca- off the word Han- Hanukkah, so Hanukkah, but, so they call it a Hanukkah. It's different than a menorah. The menorah has only seven candle holders, and that... That kind of represents Judaism, but a Hanukkah, which is what you light during Hanukkah, has nine branches to put candles in it. Mm-hmm. So you have a branch, eight branches for each day of Hanukkah, and then you have one branch, which is like the shamash, which you use to light the other candles, and oh, then you put yes. it back in its place. So um, I'm sure you'll mm-hmm. learn more about that. I'm. Uh, oh yeah. So we we also actually we light a Hanukkah. Uh, during Christmas, even though we're not Jewish. But again, because I've said before, culturally, we kind of are. So we would have like the Christmas tree is in the window in the living room, by the window in the living room, and then the Hanukkah is in the kitchen window on the other side of the building. And so, you know, people from the north side of the neighborhood see our Hanukkah, people from the south side of the neighborhood see our Christmas tree. And oh, we cool. we light it and we sing the songs as well. And we eat sufganiyot, which are... Like the donuts, round donuts, mm-hmm. uh, deep fried donuts. Ooh. Um, I remember, again, growing up, like we were the only people that would have a Christmas tree and we would put it in the window and neighboring buildings would like wait for us to kind of turn the lights on each day. And Aww. we had a neighbor that lived like across the street in another building and she would sometimes she would call us and she would be like, Turn on the lights. <laughs> Why didn't you turn on the Christmas lights yet today? And we'd be like, oh, yeah. Um, and also, I think, I don't know how we got this information, but the bus driver, like the local bus, the route comes around our building. And he would always like slow down so people mm. could see the Christmas tree because it was like a an attraction Yeah. Uh, growing up. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, my parents go into their town because they do the big switch on of all the lights and all the street gets lit up. So it's like they were doing that, but with your house, that was the big switch on. (laughs) That was the Christmas lighting (laughs) of our neighborhood. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I would want to see that too, though. You know, if I, if I was Jewish and we didn't celebrate Christmas, just the lighting up of the tree. Just imagine an eight story building that's made of stone. Mm. white stone and standing at a distance and seeing the third floor apartment like a small window with a Christmas tree behind it light up. (laughs) I'm going to the big switch on. Yeah. Yeah. The other cross-cultural thing was because I mentioned earlier we didn't it was hard to get your hands on Christmas decorations. So actually Sukkot is another Jewish holiday where they have like a a sukkah, a room that they build, and they decorate it with kind of all kinds of stuff. And so that's what was available at the stores throughout the year. So my mom would buy sukkah decorations. We used to, our house had these like Moroccan (laughs) decorations that we hang from the walls. And so our house kind of, our living room looks like Christmas slash sukkah decorations. And 
I love it, that. Yeah. Bring it all together. Yeah. <laughs> Anything yeah. goes. So nowadays, how is it with your family? Do you still, do you basically alternate who you're having Christmas with each year? Yeah, since I married Ethan, it's also now factoring my in-laws, you know, my, my new family as well. So like last year, we were with Ethan's mum and stepdad and my mum was there as well because she came over for the birth um, and stayed for a couple of months, which was incredible to have her there. And then this year, we're going to be going back and spending Christmas Day with my mum and then we're going to be going to my dad's on another day the next day or the day after but then there's also my big extended Indian family as well you know there's, there's just a lot of people to see and even though I said earlier that I have been I have felt guilt and worried about hurting people's feelings and not wanting either of my parents to feel lonely you know they're both happily married now which is I'm so happy to say um and even though we've we've all moved on and but it's still, I guess it still is ingrained in me because I did feel that for so many years as a child that I think, yeah, yeah it still is just that, that I can't describe it in any other way apart from it's just twinged with a bit of pain and a bit of like just not wanting to make any decisions. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense because again, it's just, for some reason, everything comes to the surface during these holidays. Everything, all of your childhood and memories and traumas and anxieties. And, and, it's, and again, it's, just that societal pressure, like it's Christmas, everybody. Everybody should be joyful and having fun. Yeah, it's like a, a schizophrenic time where like one minute you're like, you're having a blast and you really are like living up maybe <laughs> to, to... Next minute, you're in someone's in tears. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. The next minute, like there's one too many cooks in the kitchen and the <laughs> yeah. turkey's burned. And then, yeah, and then the, someone's having a meltdown. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I'm glad... I'm glad we can laugh about it and acknowledge that. Every year I, on the plane to Israel, I say a prayer. I take a vow oh. <laughs> and I go, I am not going to fight mm. with anyone in my family. <laughs> and every year I break that vow. Not only do I fight with different family members, but I fight with like different locals. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's just a time of high emotion. Yeah. What? How else was it for you, like, growing up with Indian mom, Scottish dad? Like, were there mm -hmm. any other quirks in there? Yeah. There's one thing that I remember. So I, I went to a school that my mom taught at. I think I may have mentioned this before. And in lower school, we would sing hymns at Christmas. Or we would sing, yeah, we would sing... Um, I was going to sing an example. I will not. Why not? <laughs> but so we would be in assembly. Do you have assembly here in this country? No. Okay, so like where you say this country, say the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. I don't, so, I don't know, but definitely did not have it in Israel. Every Monday morning, the whole of the lower school would be in this big hall together, and we would have. It was called an assembly and it, it would be like about sharing, for example, or about helping your neighbor. And then we would sing a hymn or we would sing about three hymns. And I remember 
singing and then looking round and my mum would be there obviously as one of the teachers but she wouldn't be singing her lips would just be closed and I mm. didn't understand why and yeah. I remember asking her and then her saying to me calmly that you know she she is Sikh and she doesn't she's not a Christian so she's not going to sing the Christian hymns and mm -hmm. you know that's just a memory I have as a child realizing about religion and that the hymns were a hymn because to me they were just like songs to sing that I enjoyed singing yeah I didn't think about what they meant you're not just singing like happy birthday yeah you're not you're singing, singing a pop song or something <laughs> <laughs> I think there may have been some hymns that she would join in on if if it wasn't if they were neutral yeah if it was more neutral like all things bright and beautiful like maybe that was fine for her because it wasn't about Jesus. How does that one go? All things bright and beautiful. <laughs> All creatures great and small. I remember it because it was my grandma's favourite hymn. Aww. But it's not to do with Jesus or being a Christian. It's to do with appreciation of nature. Mm -hmm. So I think she was okay to sing that one. Would your mom like, I just imagine her, and I know she didn't do this. That's not her character, but I just imagine her like, bursting out in song when it's like the one song she is down to sing like like pulling out a Mariah Carey in her <laughs> doing riffs with a microphone Woo! I'd, yeah I'd like to imagine that she did you that. know one of my teachers actually used to do the harmony to um <laughs> one of the there's hymns. always one person that is committed to the harmonies right <laughs> but she was one one person her name was Mrs. Head and I, I just remember hearing like a different note suddenly and I was like oh Oh, go, Mrs. Work Head. It's <laughs> an interesting name. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, we had... So again, like when we would have our Jewish neighbors come by, there would be a range of people that were like really excited and want to learn about Christmas and want to eat our desserts and, and look at the decorations and everything. And then there would be the ones that were more hesitant, the ones that were a little bit more religious that were like am I crossing into the land? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is forbidden. And they would kind of sit and like not want to participate in any of our Christmas carols or not touch the food or... And we respect that. We're like, it's been interesting to watch over the years. Some people soften a little bit or some people become mm. more open to it or neighbors that wouldn't come over. Suddenly they're coming over and there's an ebb and flow there. I love, um, we love doing the 12 days of Christmas with them. Oh, know? I love that one. That one is so fun. My, you know how my dad's a folk musician. So often we'll go to the pub and the last session of the year, because they get together every Sunday and they basically have a jam in the pub. But the last Sunday of the year, the world and his wife turns up because they know that we're going to be singing the 12 days of Christmas <laughs> and everyone gets given like a card and you get sort of divided into teams where you're you're like the 12 turtle doves or there isn't 12 turtle doves there's two, two. yeah there's two sorry <laughs> <laughs> two turtle what doves. is the 12 12 drummers drumming oh i always get confused after like five <laughs> okay we'll make sure I, that you get the three french yeah. hens but everyone joins in and they're all there with their instruments and stuff and it's just really fun So what about food? How does your 
table look? Oh, food is a big part. Definitely a big part. We start the day with like a croissant maybe or um, definitely a Bucks Fizz in the morning. What's a Bucks Fizz? Oh, it's orange juice and sparkling wine together. Oh, like a mimosa. Oh, yeah. We call it Bucks Fizz for some reason over there. And then dinner will be sort of around three or something like that. And it will be this massive lunch, usually with all the trimmings. Um, you've had one of Dave's roasts before, haven't you? That's my stepdad. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, he goes for it. And then the next day, I mean, depending on whose house we're at, but let's say we go to my extended Indian family, the turkey will be made into a curry. So it will be turkey curry or a pie. And the there will usually be vegetables. So like the... Um, Brussels sprouts made into what we call a subji, which is um, like curried vegetables. And I really look forward to after Christmas Day having some Indian flavours. Mm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just change things up a bit. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. And it's always really noisy as well because sometimes we'll get like the party pictionary out and we'll get into teams and everyone will be shouting and getting really competitive in a fun way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my one of the highlights of Christmas is if we manage to find the time to play some sort of a board game. I love games, so. So yeah. do I. Oh my gosh, it's just so fun and it just makes everyone yeah, present. Yeah, I think because um, we had sort of this Jewish family there, like my Jewish grandpa and grandma, um, they over the years would take our family in and we would have Passover with them, Pesach, and they were a big family and they would sing songs and it was just bombastic. And I think we kind of emulated their Passover and brought that into our Mm. Christmas lunch. So we have this like long table and the the Passover vibes and the loud Mm -hmm. singing. But then we also do um, the poppers that we always have someone like bring from overseas from the UK crackers yeah the crackers and then you um you get a crown you put it on your head and then you read the the silly jokes that are in there and so that's always part of our tradition as well so we do that and then we all we go around the table saying like a toast and um Mm. you know and then we all kind of get tipsy and and it just goes on and on, um, you know, and then and then neighbors and people come by and, and people are walking through until about midnight and we're all just completely wiped by the end of that day. But, um, oh, I, you know, I, I love the fact that you are you're so welcoming and it's like it sounds like it's an open house, like people can just come over. Yeah, I find some people are quite like it's Christmas and we will be closing the door. And I don't know if it's an English thing, but. It's very much like we all just be in our own family unit. Thank you very much on that day. Mm. And I love the idea of it's an open house. People can come and everyone's welcome. It just sounds so um, just sounds so fun. Yeah, it's very communal. And I think it comes again from the fact that growing up, we were one of the few Christian families, you know, in the area. And so there was that wanting to invite people and, and show them how we do things and you know, wanting to include them. And my favorite part of Christmas Day is the morning. We do have that private family time in the morning. Mm -hmm. And 
we open the gifts. But before we open the gifts, we each go around the room and we talk about this is kind of a Thanksgiving thing. We talk about what we're grateful for in this past year. And we all always end up like in a pile of tears. We always have a tissue box and... Nobody wants to start first. And then one of us starts and you just you have like your speech of kind of summarizing your year and the challenges, but also the good things. And oh, my gosh, I'm getting emotional (sighs) because every year it is it is an effort to come back home and be together and travel and and make that, you know, that effort. And um, and it is at the end of the day, it's so special to be in each other's company and yeah, we all, you know, every year it just feels like this was definitely the hardest year of my life. <laughs> and then the year after that, you're like, okay, this was the hardest year of my life. <laughs> I really honestly think like the past two years have been the hardest for sure. Mm. Um, but yes, despite yeah. all of the challenges of, you know, losing my father and this war and the the strike that we've been on and all this instability there is so much to be grateful for. Yes, there is. Yeah, this this year is going to be very different for me. And just with having Aurora and just be- having become a mum, because last year, like I said, I was on another planet, so I couldn't really sort of take it in. But this year, I feel like I'm in a place where I can take it in and knowing that there's another one yeah. on the way as well. Your oh. little... Yes. Another little one. Another one being baked in the oven. Yeah, it's very, just very special. Yeah. Definitely need to take some moments of uh, reflection and pause. I love that you do that in your family. I'm going to try and make my family do that. It's tricky because, again, it has to be organic. As soon as someone feels like I'm being forced to do something and I don't, then it takes away the meaning out of it if you feel like it's just a chore. I think every year it's important to assess, like, is this starting to feel like a chore or is this something that we genuinely want to do? Are we still invested in doing this because it means something to us? And that's that's hard every year to assess that and to negotiate with other members of the family. There have been times where someone definitely wants to let go one tradition that we do and the rest of us don't or vice versa. And it's just like, what do we do? What do we do? We fight. (laughs) I have another Christmas memory that um, my mom had to help me remember parts of it, and I'm so glad she did. But when we were younger, my parents used to take us during Christmas to these two nuns. They were called the Sisters of Mary. They were... German evangelical Protestant nuns that lived on the Mount of Olives. Do you know about the Mount of Olives? No. They say Jesus prayed on the Mount of Olives the day before the crucifixion. Anyway, so we would go there every year, and that was kind of this interesting Christmas experience. We would first light real candles and put them on the tree, like Matthias, my husband, would do. Which, But for us, it was like a really big deal. And and edgy and dangerous. And then they would take us into a room and sit us in front of like those small television units from the 90s or 80s, tiny little box of a TV. And they would show us a video of nuns dancing to praise music, 
like just nuns frolicking <laughs> around on the hills. And then we would just sit and watch that. And then they would, they had this large porcelain baby Jesus that was in a basket under the Christmas tree, their Christmas tree. And then they large. would. Like, what do you mean large? Like baby yeah. size, real, okay. real baby size. Yeah, okay. And then they would pass the baby Jesus between us and we would say thank you to baby Jesus and then put it back in the basket. And then they would give each one of us kids an instrument like bells or a tambourine or a little drum. And we would sing Christmas carols and hymns together with the dancing nuns video in, in the background. Um, so it was very... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this sounds bizarre. It's so bizarre. Yeah, and I, I forgot parts of it. I My mom reminded me of the Dancing Nuns video, and I was cracking up because I, I have a vivid memory of being so bored and confused about why we were watching that. And it was like every – that was like that was the tradition in these nuns' home. Apparently, my mom told me – I didn't know this. This is new information. When my parents met, the first date that they had, my dad took them to these nuns. And then he said to my mom, I want you to meet these women because they've been praying for me for a long time to find the right wife. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> On their first date. Yeah. <laughs> if someone did that to me, like nowadays, I would run. <laughs> um, but back then, you know, it was, it was different. Yeah. And it got passed into your family as a tradition that you do. Yeah. You know, and then after all of the singing and, and the instruments, and obviously you can imagine how it sounded with like little kids just banging and singing and confused. We would sit at the table and they would give us these like amazing little hot, these little chocolate balls and hot chocolate. Years after that, they gave us a gift. And when we opened it, lo and behold, it was a baby Jesus <laughs> and in a basket. And so there was a period of time growing up that every Christmas we also had a baby Jesus under yeah. our tree. And us kids were always so embarrassed, like, oh, my gosh, you know, do we have to have it there? And, you know, when it was not Christmas, my mom would keep it up in the we had a little like uh, storage room at the top of the building on the eighth floor. And one year, someone broke into our storage unit and stole, of all the things that were there, just the baby Jesus. What? That's very weird. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> that is. Why yeah. would they do that? What do they know. want with the baby Jesus? I don't know. When no one really celebrates, I mean, not many people celebrate Christmas. I know. Christmas. It was very interesting. My mom was really sad, of course, but us kids, you can imagine the smirk on our faces when we found out. <laughs> We're like, okay. Yes. One that, I guess that tradition's out the window now. Um. <laughs> that baby in the basket, I, I just have memories of doing a school play with the baby in the basket on the stage and randomly playing Mary and carrying that baby. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Flashback. Did you, did you deliver as Mary? No, I don't think I did because I had a really bad earache at the time. In fact, the teacher was worried that I was going to fall off the stage. <sighs> I remember her saying that to me afterwards. <laughs> You were just waddling on the stage. <laughs> I don't think I really um, delivered, no. Anyway, we focused a lot on Christmas because that's the one that's coming up. There's so much more to say about holidays and 
All the festivals. Yeah, all the festivals. But this felt really nice to do, and I wonder if it'll help us before we get ready to go home to to go into it with a little bit more awareness and groundedness. And understanding and knowing that Christmas doesn't have to be this time where everyone is like, you know, beaming with joy and Mr. and Mrs. Jolly the whole time. Yeah. You know, that it's perfectly normal and natural to ex- to be feeling so many things. Yeah, yeah. And that it, it ebbs and flows, it shapeshifts. I'm really curious to hear some of our listeners' experiences from the holidays um, and what it looks like for them. Yeah. If you want to be a part of next episode, please write to us. We You, you can be anonymous. Or you can also mention who you are and we'll shout out to you if that's what you want as well. Exactly. Yeah. Tell us your background, where you're from and how you guys do it. And it doesn't have to be, like we said, jolly jolly. It could be like a weird or challenging thing that you face during the holidays. Um, or a sad story. I've actually just thought of the saddest memory that I, one of the saddest memories I have. Do you want to share it? Should I quickly share it? Yeah. One of the saddest memories that I have is, <laughs> so music always does something to me, especially when my dad plays the guitar and we all sing as a family. Like I try and fight tears <laughs> quite regularly. But my grandma, I remember her having cancer and she was, it was during her last days and I knew that that was the last time I was going to see her and she was in the hospice and I remember it was me, my dad, my stepmom, Aaron, who's my brother, my grandma was in the bed and I think my uncle Alan was there as well who also plays the guitar and we were all a bit like, you know, what what do we do? Um, it was just one of those moments of like grief but also we wanted to keep having a laugh and a joke and we don't know what to do, but, you know, music, it always comes back to music somehow. My, my dad was, when he doesn't know what to do, he, he'll he sing. Like at my wedding, he sang a song because he didn't do a speech. He felt more comfortable singing a song. And so he started playing um, Away in a Manger. And I just remember my grandma joining in and like I just couldn't sing because I just felt so like, choked like and that's one of my saddest memories is around Christmas and around you know her um and us singing as a family yeah Mm. it's so beautiful oh thank you it's it's a really lovely memory you know as well as sad so yeah if you have any memories that are sad as well (laughs) feel free to share Yeah. Okay. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Please follow us for more. Um, Leave us a review if you feel inclined. Um, Also, come visit us on our social media pages. We're there. We're active. Uh, We'd love to connect with you. Yes, we would. And if you would like to be a part of next week's episode, the email address is mixunderstoodpod at gmail.com. And you can also find that on our show notes as well. Yeah, and we're going to try to also get a a number on there, a telephone number for you. So that that should be in the show notes. So you'd just be able to, to call up and just quickly leave a message. One more thing, since the holiday season is upon us, we wanted to share with you that we are 
actually launching a Patreon to help support and produce this podcast. As you know, podcasting involves a lot of work and energy and time, and we've been so passionately pouring everything we've got into this podcast, but it is quite laborious and time-consuming. It takes us over 30 hours to produce one episode, which we've been producing every week for the past few months, and we have so many plans for season two already, and it would be incredible help if you would consider joining our Patreon and supporting us and um, helping this uh, ship keep moving. So all of the details will be in the show notes of this episode. And um, thank you so much in advance for your support. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, excited for next week too. All right. Bye. Bye. This episode was produced by us. Music by Matthias Kunzli.